I think that most people will say that they've learned more from their mistakes than they did from their successes, yet being wrong remains one of the most feared outcomes in life. In this podcast, I share lessons learned from mistakes that have helped me to become a more authentic version of myself. I believe that the key to personal growth starts with being okay with not always getting it right. My name is Lonnie Woods III, and this is What I Did Wrong. What's up, everybody, and welcome to season two of the What I Did Wrong podcast. I am super excited to kick off this new season in a new year. It's 2021, and I'm shaking things up by adding special guests. I'm going to be delving deeper into some of the topics that you know and love that include my personal life, my professional life, and all the ways that we can use mistakes to become better versions of ourselves. On this first episode of the season, I hopped into an awesome conversation with my good, good friend, Ashley Yarbo of Emmy Elizabeth. And we just chatted all about the things that we have done wrong and the things that society do wrong when it comes to policing black women's bodies. Hop into the conversation over on Instagram at what I did wrong podcast and happy black history month. The next voice you'll hear is me and Ashley hopping into the conversation. Hey, Ash, what's up? How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. Like it's uh it's been snowing a lot here in New York, but I'm good. I'm good. My birthday just passed, so whoop, whoop. <laughs> you, <laughs> I, you've been setting the gram on fire. Yes, I, I felt like it was time to, you know, the but I couldn't do the busted challenge, so I figured sh- some sh- a sheer jumpsuit would do. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, it did what needed to be done. Thank you for coming. I'm excited to have you. Of course. I'm excited to be here. Um, I love the podcast. And, you know, anytime I can get to share with you on your platform, I'm always happy to. Yes, thank you. And you know that I feel the same way. Uh, We've done so many collabs together, just genuinely as friends. And I don't want to get off topic, but that's another topic I want to talk to you about. Just networking across and like, you know, connecting with people in your circle um, that are talented. But before we get started on today's topic, I wanted you to just kind of let the people know who you are a little bit, maybe where you're from and a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, So my name is Ashley. Um, I'm from Baltimore. I was born here and I tell people semi-raised here because I truly lived all over Maryland and I also lived in Tampa um, in my childhood. So we were a little bit all over. Um, I love fashion, food. Um, I love laughing and just meeting new people. Like I literally love building new relationships um i'm not a no new friends type of person like i actually love meeting new friends um so yeah i have a uh i have a blog osnappisash.com that i started back in 2014 um really it was it was earlier but i relaunched it in 2014 Um, I also have an accessories store um, online called Emmy Elizabeth, where you can find state. Yes, (laughs) where you can find statement pieces for the statement person and accessories you'll love. And that's been my passion project for the last four years now, four or five years. 
Yeah, yeah, that's so dope. And speaking of passion and just meeting new friends, the way we met was so kind of organic. And I always say that I've always had a sixth sense for people that ever since I was little that I knew that I would be friends with. I've never really had issues with friends until my adult life, which is another episode. But um, (laughs) when I first met you in college, we went to undergrad together at Towson University. And when I met you, you always just had such a genuine spirit. And we would like talk about stuff, but we never were like the types of friends that like, I don't think I I think I had your number, but we didn't really hang out in college. Like, I think we we were in different circles. Yeah. And um, we kind of just stayed in touch and we reconnected. And that was right around the time where you were about to launch a different iteration of Emmy Elizabeth and with me being a photographer and stuff. It just was a natural reconnection back in Maryland. I'm so glad that we did reconnect. So, yeah, me too. And that's just an example of like being open to new people and meeting new people Mm -hmm. and how it can truly um bless your life you know in several yeah. different ways like we we develop a friendship out of um a collaboration like me seeking services and you know it just growing so yeah for sure for sure so let's go ahead and hop into today's episode so i call my episodes mistakes because this is the what i did wrong podcast and i'm really all about as you know as a friend and just my whole life philosophy is about, yo, like you're going to make mistakes. But the biggest thing is that you're able to learn from those mistakes. You're able to apply them and hopefully teach other people what you learned. Not just so people always say, so you won't make the same mistakes. I think that that's one part of it, but I think it's really about showing like humility, humanity, and just realizing that we all kind of mess sometimes, uh, whether it be with how we think things that we actually do to ourselves or to other people. So um, we were talking recently about Chloe Bailey and uh, Mm -hmm. you and I often we're those friends that are friends in real life, but we're also Instagram friends like we will go back and forth in IG DMs or whatever. And uh, recently, Chloe, who is half of the group, Chloe and Hallie, for those of you who don't know, she has gotten a lot of attention and I guess criticism about her body. And this was mostly because she did an Instagram post recently where she had separated her Instagram and she got her own separate from the group. And she kind of went viral because she posted her busted challenge and baby. (laughs) It was it down. (laughs) (laughs) And it wasn't just a busted challenge. It was the busted challenge. Like she cleared the whole challenge out. They retired it. It was already kind of late. I think her caption was something like, I'm late, but here you go. (laughs) Yes, I'm late. And I'm here to end it. <laughs> right. So she ended it right. And I mean, in, in in my mind, everybody received it well. I received it well. I was excited to see it. I thought she looked amazing. And it was also kind of cool to see her kind of break out of her shell. Because if you watch any of their performances, especially since this last album, it looks like she is trying to burst out the seams inside for her little Sasha Fears. And her sister's kind of chill. So it made sense to me. It was an organic evolution in my mind. Yes, it really was. And I feel like it's also time. Yeah. You know, yeah. In her early 20s, she's um, a grown woman still coming into her womanhood. So I personally was excited to see them both get their own Instagram so that we can get to know each of them for who they truly are outside of the group. Right. Exactly. And um, since then, Chloe has also 
she went viral then. She got a lot of attention. It was reposted on the shade room and other outlets. But she also has been posting other posts, just like her in the um, the studio. And then there was another one that got a lot of attention where she was saging her room and she had on these boy shorts and his T-shirt. And <laughs> that's, when, that would, that's what led to our conversation, which was about the Instagram Live interview that she had or the Instagram Live that she posted. And she basically was talking about how she has been getting a lot of attention, a lot of criticism about her body. And um, she addressed it on the live. And she actually ended up crying on the live because she was explaining that she was just really com- becoming comfortable with who she is and that she really doesn't even see herself as sexy or as a sex symbol or even as attractive, which I think a lot of people would find shocking. And I actually went back to watch the interview just to be thorough and just to see what kind of nuggets I got from it. And one quote that she said that I think will help us lead into our discussion, which is about police and black women's bodies, is she said, for every woman out there, don't change who you are to make society comfortable. So with that being said, Ash, this conversation about Chloe and her body and the busted challenge is really a larger issue or a larger conversation. And I think that women that are in the public eye, black women especially, they kind of become the example of what we see in everyday life, the, the, the regular one woman's experience, our mothers, our sisters, our nieces, our friends. And it made me think about some of the other black female woman celebrities that have been criticized for their bodies, which really is all of them. I really could name all of them and think of ways that their bodies have been criticized, but I wrote a little list and here <laughs> is one I want to share with you. So we talked about how skinny Whitney Houston was getting at times. And we realized that later she was on drugs. Michelle mm-hmm. Obama. I did some research on Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama was the most criticized first lady of American in American history and it was mostly around her fashion and especially when she wore those shorts on vacation um Lizzo as we know embraces her plus size body and she twerks and that is getting a lot of attention I think more than the average size woman or a straight size woman who twerks Beyonce what, what they said that she really wasn't pregnant with blue and I think a pregnant woman's body is another thing that we criticize a lot um Sierra gets a lot of comments about her snapping back after she has babies to her pre-body weight the city girls get criticized about being too vulgar in their lyrics talking about having sex with men in exchange for bags and um trying to find niggas who can swipe them visas and making that pussy talk (laughs) right so there's such a range to how we i think as a society kind of control or police or have something to say about black women's bodies so that leads me into kind of my first discussion point for you tonight is like, what do you think is the biggest mistake that people make when it comes to policing black women's bodies? Um, I think the, the biggest mistake is one having a, an opinion that you feel comfortable, uh, vocally voicing. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, that sounded a little crazy vocally voicing, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it, I feel like it's okay to have an opinion, but to have the confidence to actually, you know, critique it publicly, um, that's a mistake. Like, that's not your place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then also not loving black women's bodies as they are. Ooh. Wow. 
Yeah, as they are because I feel like society has shifted mm-hmm. to think that everybody's body has to look a certain way and if it doesn't then you don't deserve the same amount of love, respect, um and opportunities as others. Mm. Like, you know, like I've noticed that if your body doesn't fit the mold, then people think that it gives them the right to, you know, think that they deserve less. Like, oh, because, like, she's bigger, she doesn't deserve love, you know, like, or she doesn't deserve uh, uh, jobs and opportunities. Like, we've seen time and time again, like, do you remember, like, back in the day where bigger women in the music industry wouldn't even be put in videos. Yes, yes. Kelly like Price. Kelly Price. Yeah. yeah, like Kelly Price you know and like, even Missy Elliott. Yeah, mm-hmm. stripping people of their talent because they don't meet, meet your physical standards because of their body. Like, do you know how like hurtful, disrespectful that is? Yeah. Like that that's like discrediting you. Mm-hmm. So I just think that's like a huge that's that's a huge mistake. Definitely. Almost so what I hear you saying is almost like the value of a black woman's body uh the value of a black woman is placed on her body and how it's perceived and if it's perceived as acceptable or if it's perceived as good enough to be seen. Yes, it is. And I even think about, and you know, I think the interesting thing about Kelly Price and Missy is that they would be considered plus size, right? And again, this idea of plus size is very subjective because in the modeling industry, which is where that idea comes from, like I believe it's like over a size six or 12 or something is plus size. But I even think about Selena Johnson and that Kanye West video for um, when it all, you know, when it all, it all mm-hmm. falls down. He chose to use Stacey Dash, which I thought was really interesting. Like, and Selena Johnson was a flight attendant at the airport. And she is not even like what they would consider around the size of Kelly Price. She was probably, you know, maybe a size 20 at the time, 22, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe even like a 18. And I just thought it was so interesting that um, a lot of times when black women um, don't fit that that body mold. And I think at that time we were coming out of the, the video vixen era. Um, then yeah. they're kind of not you know, like, oh, let's make her the flight attendant. Or she actually wasn't even a flight attendant. She was a worker at the airport giving the ticket to Kanye. And I'm like, that's so interesting. She's singing the chorus to this song. Like, why wouldn't you, if it was Rihanna or Beyonce or somebody, like, they would have been in that video as the leading woman or at least had her their own, like, separate scenes and budget. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I just think it's a long it's a long history of, 
you know, not valuing black women's bodies as is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. And so, and when we think about using this example of like, you know, heavily criticizing, especially women in the public eye, because I think, like I said, that this Chloe Bailey example, these women that are famous are just a great example of magnifying what happens in everyday life. You know, we're not famous, but we can probably think of examples of women's bodies that have been judged um, in our own lives. So, when it comes to your specific body type or how you feel like um, you have been perceived over, over your lifetime, whether it was as a child or even currently in high school, um, are there any like personal stories that you can share that you felt like your body was policed or that you just felt like, you know, had an impact on your view of your body? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when I was younger, um, I had a huge growth sprout in a short amount of time. And that happened from spending summers. Well, the first summer, it was really drastic with my grandmother. Um, So my paternal grandmother lives in Pennsylvania. And she started getting me in the summers and would put me in summer camp. And you know how grandmas are like they pretty much will want want to fatten you up they'll give you whatever you want Mm -hmm. um, allow you to eat things that you probably wouldn't be allowed to eat at home so I was sent to school every day with these humongous lunches I'm talking about I would have a sandwich a juice box some sort of fruit, cookies, chips, uh, basically every snack category covered. Mm -hmm. Like there was always chips, cookies, fruit, juice, and maybe like a fruit snack, like some type of gummy or something. And so I came home huge. Like I came home not being able to fit any of the clothes that my mom sent me up there with. So before we came home, my grandmother took me shopping and I will never forget. We were in the dressing room and she told me that I had an ugly little girl shape. And, you know, I was probably about, I'll I'll say I was about eight around seven, eight. And I didn't necessarily know what that meant, but I knew that it wasn't good because, you know, she said it was ugly, you know? So that was something that kind of stuck with me. Like that kind of stuck with me because, and I, and I know my grandmother didn't, necessarily mean harm by it because you know I, I know my grandmother loved me to death and still do um but you know in our families and our cultures especially with women your body is always um like there's no discretions when talking about your body sometimes in our families. Right. Like, you know, so I think it was just 
she said it because obviously that's how she felt, but she didn't mean to cause any damage regarding it. So, you know, and prior to that point, I never knew that there was anything wrong with my body. You know, like I didn't have any problems with my body. So that kind of made me self-conscious. And even still, like even going into womanhood, you know, I don't have the perfect or what society would consider as a perfect body. You know, like uh, I, I just don't. I'm not super thin. I have curves. I'm busty. I have a stomach. I don't have no ass. You know, like, so those words stuck with me. So that was something that I just always remember. And I don't even think she knows that. And um, those type of things will make you second guess and doubt yourself Mm -hmm. when making choices in clothing when you know it's time for you to like go out to events and be seen in public and take pictures you're always like well how do I look you know like you know you always kind of have to do the work to affirm yourself that I still look good even though I was told that I don't right right you know yeah so and at such a, like I said, at such a young age, it's like, you don't even really know what to do regarding feelings around, surrounding that. So, like, as an adult looking back, I really wish that I would have either talked to her about it, like, well, why did you say that? Or why do you feel like that? Or, you know, I really wish that I had a, outlet to talk about how I was feeling regarding that or maybe even went to my mother because my mother still doesn't know or never knew because we never talked about it and I know that she would have been so upset about this because she never said anything negatively about my body at all now my mother she told me that she was completely shocked at how much I had grown and how much bigger I gotten like she always said that she didn't even recognize her child, you know, when I came home, because that's how quickly and drastically my size changed. So um, I just wish that I got some of those feelings out. And then because I'm pretty sure that if I would have told my mother, she would have done everything that she could to make me feel good about myself and affirmed me and you know tell me that you know I'm beautiful like you're still worthy um and just those things that that wouldn't have allowed me to just internalize that and not do anything with it like just holding on to that in in that space so right right and that really speaks to how like the things we say to younger people especially younger people um it's kind of forming your opinion of yourself and you're trying to at that Mm -hmm. age you're trying to kind of you're looking to the adults you what to do so if someone's telling you that you have something's wrong with your body you're gonna like believe it and be like okay well something's wrong with me i didn't know and now you're like you said internalizing it And I think that you're so right. Like, 
we are so comfortable and we're speaking about black families here and my black family and a lot of the ones I've been around, it seems like we're so comfortable about making comments. And like you said earlier, vocalizing our opinions, unmerited opinions about women's bodies and our families, like whether it's like your auntie saying like, oh, you gained weight or you lost weight when you come home from college and go to Thanksgiving dinner or whether it's like a young girl going through puberty. Like I was thinking about some of the experiences I had with some of my friends in middle school and like how they would be having so much trouble as their breast grew in or maybe they got a butt or a shape and they were constantly thinking about how they looked and how boys, you know, perhaps or girls were looking at them romantically or what, whether they should wear a bra. Like these are all things that young girls go through as their bodies change. And I think that somewhere along the way, we've gotten way too comfortable saying like, oh, girl, you got a little butt or you getting a dunk like, oh, like if, if your stomach was a little bit flatter, you know, you would be a 10 or whatever the case may be. Yes. And. It's yes. crazy because speaking of social media, there's this guy whose name I don't even know who I don't care what his name is because I think he's really disgusting. But remember, there was another viral video. He's like a relationship um, person. And these the women. Oh, I think I know. Who yes. The women about. will call in. He's disgusting. he's disgusting. And he'll call the women will call in for a mm-hmm. relationship advice. And what he'll always say is rate yourself from a one to a 10. And we. And you can't and use you can't seven. use seven because everybody wants to be a right. seven. Like what? And, right. You know, yeah. I think that we mm-hmm. can't continue this conversation without talking about gender dynamics. And you know, I'm I'm male identifying, you're woman identifying. So, you know, as a man, I think that, you know, I have responsibility with the way that women are perceived in public or in general, because we can't talk about this issue without talking about misogyny. And how men in this society mm-hmm. kind of set the tone for what is acceptable, what is an acceptable size, what is a 10. And there's another example of a man setting the tone for that. So when I was thinking about some of the mistakes I've made over my life in terms of police and women's bodies, I think a lot of it has been unconscious. Like, for instance, Destiny's Child used to have this song called Nasty Girl. And this song actually is like really crazy that they even had this song. Nasty put some clothes on, I told you. You know, this idea of dressing sexy, like a determination uh, or showing skin determines like your value as a woman. Like, oh, put some clothes on, cover that cleavage or put a slip on or why are you showing this? Why are you showing that? And I definitely think that some of that kind of like thought process when I was like younger it definitely was in my mind like when I would hear stories of girls that were getting pregnant in, in middle school or um, even my cousins my, my my girl cousins would tell me about stories they would have that were sexual experiences and my mind almost always immediately went to what they did like oh I wonder what she did or what she wore or what she said was mm-hmm. she being too quote unquote fast right and I think that goes back to the Chloe discussion like the idea that she did a busted challenge somehow changes i think people's perception of her yeah absolutely like they think that it's like we're not given the space to be sensual and sexual beings without um 
without being criticized for it, uh, without their having to be like other things inserted into that. You know, like like I remember Chloe speaking on she wasn't doing it to seek attention, right? right? And I initially was like, well, no, because, you know, we post on Instagram for attention. But I, after thinking about it, I know what she meant by that. Like, she's saying, I wasn't doing this busted challenge, um, seeking your approval, your admiration, you know, like any of that, because I don't need it. Like, like I don't need you to boost my confidence and my self-esteem and to affirm me. Um, I'm doing this because this is what I enjoy to do. I like performing. I like tapping into another ego that I have when I am performing, when I'm dancing. And there's nothing right. wrong with that. You know, but it's like, you know, when we step into that realm, people put their own uh, stigmas into it. Welcome to the new standard of pre-love shopping. Welcome to The Shop. The Shop is a thoughtfully curated online boutique featuring a unique selection of pre-loved and vintage accessories, clothing, and home items that are one of a kind, just like you. Check out The Shop today at LonnieWasTheThird.com forward slash The Shop. And don't forget to sign up to be a Shop VIP member at LonnieWasTheThird.com forward slash Shop VIP. You will receive 10% off of your first purchase. Welcome to The Shop. One of a kind, just like you. Like, oh, you know, look at the way she dancing. Kind of how, like you said, oh, she's fast. We're like, oh, look at how she dancing. Like, you know, we know she, I don't know, dealing with boys. Right. You know, right. like, because she's so young. You know, like, that's what we do when it's like, why can't she just be having a good time? Because that's what, that's also what we do. You know, like, I don't know about anyone else, but every chance I get, I'm twerking in front of a mirror in the house or dancing. You know, <laughs> right. like, I'm having a good time either alone or by myself. Like, that's just what, I mean, not alone or by myself, alone or with my friends. You know, when you get with your friends and, you know, you turn on music, like, you guys are trying to bust Right, you're you trying know, to do like, it. You're trying to... <laughs> right like that's just what we do like we're having a good time that doesn't mean oh you know I'm looking to be overly sexualized right. that's not what I'm looking absolutely to and I think that it starts with when it comes to the mistakes that we make about police and women black women's bodies I think the first mistake is that we don't give them ownership. Not that we even should even be, we, we don't need to give them ownership, but like, it's almost like their bodies are public property, right? Like it's like everything that a right. black woman does right. belongs to us. And it's like, if it's not good enough, we're going to let her know. And I think that that totally mm -hmm. has to stop. And I think that the reason why it's going to stop a lot sooner than later is because of younger Gen Zers and millennials who, who are women in the public sphere 
again, even starting with Michelle Obama, who was older, who was kind of like, fuck y'all. Like, I'm wearing my arms out and I don't wear stockings. Like, I don't want to. Like, <laughs> stockings are tacky. Like, they're tacky. Right. And I, I look better with a red bottom with my bare legs shaved. And you're going to have to over it and right. I think that that is a, a good thing but I think we have a lot of work to do but going back to this conversation about men um, I think that men definitely contribute to a lot of what we see in the industry because at the end of the day a lot of the music industry, politics, fashion all of that is really dominated by men and I think that a lot of those misogynistic and sexist viewpoints come from the men at the top and over years and we've seen with the me too movement we've seen with so many things women taking back control over their bodies and being like no like this isn't cool and um men really need to be checked so i really want to talk about men a little bit um and that includes me i want to say this too before i ask you a question um i think another mistake that i've made with women's bodies is assuming that a woman is attractive because a woman because i think that a woman is attractive or a woman is you know attractive by society's standards like for instance chloe lizzo or maybe not lizzo but especially like a chloe bailey right it's like oh she's so beautiful to who right like whoever whatever that standard is i think she's beautiful so we already assume that she's confident we assume that a woman that is attractive is confident. So then she's always aware of everything that she's doing and what the impact will be. I think that's a huge mistake because Chloe said, look, I don't even think I'm sexy. And to take it further, I actually don't even think I'm attractive. But again, because we think that she knows what she's doing and we, we look at how pretty she is, look at how her body's shaped she must be aware and trying to get attention. So I think that's a big mistake that men make. I think women make it as well. But I was speaking about men and myself. I think in the past, I made that mistake. And I also have made the mistake of thinking that um, because a woman is used to getting attention, that it's always warranted, right? That they, that they mm-hmm. want it. Like, and what I've found through you and all, I have a lot of fem- female friends Nine times out of 10, most women don't want attention because they get attention on a regular day in a sweatsuit at Target. So when they go to do something like the Busted Challenge, they're like, yo, I don't need this. I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this because I think I look good. You know, it's not about necessarily getting a man's attention. But I think a lot of what I remember hearing when I was younger, too, was the way women think about their bodies was about getting boys' attention. Mm-hmm. You know, like in middle school, I remember girls being like, oh, my gosh, like you wanted the popular boys to like you. And then depending on like if they had a girlfriend, you'd be like, oh, well, I don't look like her or you compare yourself. So can you talk about that? Like, yeah. like how women may compare themselves and also like anything about men that whether it be in a dating situation that you feel like they have crossed the line and made a mistake with your body. Yeah, absolutely. I think like the biggest mistake that men make is thinking that women's bodies are their property. And, um, and, but I also think that women play a role into that because there'll be moments where (laughs) we'll tell them that it's theirs when it's not. You know, like it it is not. You're reminding me of um, hotels. Hotels, Jasmine Sullivan's EP. Oh my gosh. Yes. I I didn't even think about that. But that, yes, yes, that is true. Like, what men thinking that our bodies are 
are their property. I've had so many guys tell me what to do and what not to do with my body. Mm. Uh, an example of that is um, I have a big bust. Like, I have big titties. And it started in middle school. My breasts were just literally growing overnight. And I didn't even know what to do. You know, middle school, you're, what, 11, 12, 13? So, and it started in the sixth grade. So, um, you know, by, I would say, if, I'm sorry, what do I, yeah, middle school, you're 11, Yeah, 11, yeah. So, by the time I got to eighth grade, I probably was a full C, if not a D cup. And then when I got to high school, high school, they just they just kept growing. Honestly, like they kept growing, um, but it runs on my father's side of the family. And so, for a while, like it's I don't know what point where I started talking about a breast reduction. I'm pretty sure it was in high school. I started vocalizing that that was something I was interested in and it's still something that I'm semi interested in I just honestly don't have uh the willpower to do it I don't surgery just scares me any time so especially like just knowing that I have full control over this one like it's not a necessity um, so it just scares me and it's not something that I take lightly. So whenever I've had or voiced these types of concerns or had these conversations, because men always like to have conversations about women's bodies. Let's get that out there, like up front. Like they love to have conversations because altering our bodies is something that's common these days. So it usually will come up in conversation on how you feel about it. Like, you know, how do you feel about getting your body done or do you want to ever get your body done? You know, those conversations come Mm -hmm. up. And when they come up, I always, you know, talk about the breast reduction. And then it's always like, oh, don't ever do that. You know, like, don't do that no why would you want to do that you know like those type of things are said to me like oh no like those are mine no they are not you know like in thinking that excuse me we do things for them like you know you think that i'm you have any type of consideration when making this decision you know like i i kind of feel like as a man, as my man, if you're not going to support the decisions that I want to make with my body, then you aren't the person for me. Right. Because that has nothing to do with you. Right. That has nothing. And and women, we don't tell men what to do with their bodies. Ever. So, um, I think that that right there is probably like the biggest thing. You know, I see comments all the time from men 
saying, oh, I don't know why women do this um, because we don't care about all of that. That's because it's not, we're, we're not doing it for you. Right. We're not doing it for you. You know, like, I saw a comment. This wasn't even on a body, but a guy was commenting on why women wear these lashes and obsessed with wearing lashes because I never met a guy or I never seen a guy that said, oh, I love your lashes. That's because they're not doing it for you, right. Like, you know, at all. So, like, but men really think like that. Men think that women do everything for them. And I think one thing that I hear a lot of straight guys say a lot, too, is, like, I like my woman natural. And I only hear black guys say this. I've never heard a black guys who date black women. Let me be very clear. I've only heard black guys who date black (laughs) women say, I like my woman natural. You ain't got to do all that. You ain't got to. And then the funny thing is, is that most straight guys don't even know what a natural face looks like. They they will see a soft glam talking about, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. She has on a face full of makeup, sir. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Or we'll make statements like that. But will fetishize women that look nothing. The Instagram like them. bad bitch. The Instagram bad bitch is exactly. who they talk about with their friends, but they want their girl to be a little bit homey, a little bit conservative, a little bit like not too much out there. And that makes me think about another mistake that I think men make, which is this idea of um like like the gauge of sexy. Like it's like they want their woman to be sexy, but not a hoe. But they don't want her to be too too conservative because then they're boring but then it's like they want to switch it up like oh okay well can you go put that thing on babe you know how like some guy like it like babe you know that dress can you go put that on like or even like oh babe you wearing that like have you ever had a guy being like is that what you're wearing like in terms of maybe like your chest or anything being out or like like oh like if you're going to an event or you've had girlfriends who have said like their guy has been like yo like you know i think you're sexy but i don't want the world to know or something like that um, that's not something that I've really experienced because I don't play that. <laughs> you know, like anybody dealing with me know that you're not going to have any opinions of what Period. I put on because <laughs> I probably outdress you and most of the women you've ever dealt <laughs> so with. So sit back so and enjoy. What you got to say about me and my fashion? Uh, sit back and enjoy the ride. <laughs> <laughs> like... Right, like, no, absolutely not. Like, so I've never had, you know, those type of issues. I mean, what I have had is say, like, if I'm, you know, going somewhere and I got some cleavage showing or some legs showing or, you know, whatever, it's like, oh, so this what you want to do? You know, like, little comments like this, like, oh, so this how you going to be out here? Yeah. Yes. I am, you know, like, so it'll be like stuff like that, but that's just kind of saying, you know, oh, you look good and, you know, you trying to show it off that you, you know, look like this. And it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm leaving the house like this, like I'm going like this. Um, but that's again with the assumption that, you thinking that I'm going out looking right, right? Instead of me, you know, feeling good about myself and confident and saying, "Yes, this is my body. I love it. I appreciate it. Uh, and this is how I want 
to be seen in this moment. Like, I want my confidence and my love for my body to show based off, you know, through my clothing, what I have on. Right, so. right. And um, speaking of men criticizing women's bodies, a perfect example of what we're talking about is I was watching randomly. On, I went to a YouTube rabbit hole. Me and you talk about our YouTube obsession YouTube and um, I ended up watching a Cardi B up video reaction and this is three guys um, three black men and um, at the beginning of the video Cardi is her back is facing the camera and you can see her offset tattoo so the first thing the guy said was like oh I didn't know she had an offset tattoo and the other guys were like okay and then as the video went on and she turned around, the, one of the guys said something like, oh, wow, she still got some of that baby weight. And so the guy, the guy paused mm. it and was like, bro, her, her daughter is like three or something. Like, what are you saying? He was like, well, just because you had a baby uh, three years ago doesn't mean like the weight never goes away. And it's just like he was pre presenting himself as somebody who was like almost an expert in women's bodies. Like, bro, what are you talking about? Like... You know, this idea that, like, why are you right. even making, there was no need for him to say anything about her baby weight, like, even if she had just had the baby. But right. it, was just so, it, was, it was just such a clear example to me of how, like you said, men think that they have ownership and that when a woman presents themselves, especially if they're showing skin, that it is to be for public consumption and that it's time to start talking about it. And it's really not. And it's time for that to change. Yeah, and stuff like th those comments like that really affect women, even women on uh, Cardi B's level as far as celebrity, um, because Cardi is a person, and she talks about this, who people's comments mm -hmm. affects her, like, like before she even got her teeth fixed, she used to say how it used to kill her to read all of the comments about her teeth and like she's the type of person who take who will internalize stuff like that and want to make changes to her body um she's a person who doesn't hide the surgeries and alterations you know she's done to her body she talks about it openly and you know, a comment like that about the baby weight, like, that's so disrespectful because Cardi, if you remember, shortly after she had her daughter, she was going under the knife to get things done right. to her body. And then she was trying to perform, and it was just too much. Like, she was saying that, you know, I just got lipo, like, this is too much, I'm exhausted. So she had to take a break. And, you know, like, just stuff, all of this because of other people's opinions, especially most, more than right. likely men, like men making exactly. comments like that. I mean, women, women do it too, unfortunately, um, both men and women. But, you know, I feel like it's, it's mostly men. Like, right, how dare exactly. You? And it was just such a, it was such a weird and unfounded comment. Like she was just standing there. The baby's not there. It's not recent. Like he was just like, oh, she still got some of that baby weight. And he was like, oh, she looked good though. But it's like, it's not for you to say whether she looks good or not. Like it's just there. It's her body. Right. She's there. 
if you appreciate it, there's ways to to do so. So I kind of want to move into the last segment, which I'm calling how to do better. And so I want to talk about, you know, we talk a lot about mistakes that people have made, mistakes that men have made, mistakes that we've maybe personally made. But I also want to talk about in season two of this podcast, ways that we can do better, right? So I'm going to go through some ways that I think that we can do better as a society around police and black women's bodies. I think the first one is to ask women more questions. I think that we don't allow black women to be the um, the kind of experts in their own bodies. Like they are the experts. So if you if you have a question, you know, ask them just like I'm asking you, like, I think this is a perfect example. Like I'm bringing you on as a woman to talk about your experiences. I think that's important. I think it's also important to stop commenting and like you said, verbalizing um, how you feel about someone's body if they're not asking you. Usually nine times out of nine, 10 times, what did Beyonce say? 10 times out of nine times out of nine. What, what is that song? <laughs> nine times, 10 times out of nine. I know you're lying. Like 10 times out of nine, they're not asking right. about their bodies because as Lizzo said, like we criticize our bodies enough. Like we do it enough. We don't need no help. So. Mm-hmm. I think that that's it. But what do you think is a do better um, in terms of this topic? Um, A do better is don't think that a woman is less worthy because her body isn't up to Mm. your standards. Like that kind of goes with the saying with protect black women period protect black women whether she has your ideal body or not um we can start there because i don't like it when we think that because someone doesn't look a certain way they're not deserving of the same protection love and respect um, an example of that was I was watching a YouTube video earlier and it was about a young black woman who was addicted to drugs and she was telling her story and some of the comments was, oh my gosh, she's so, she's so gorgeous. Like, you know, I want better for her. Or I hope she gets better. And I love that someone responded and was like okay but if she wasn't gorgeous would you not have the same sentiments right you know like if she wasn't gorgeous would you still feel like oh my god you know poor girl because people do that people do that like they will look at you and try to decide how much love and respect you you deserve based on wow. how you physically look. Wow. Yeah, or how they assume that you think about yourself they, based on how you look or how you dress or how you dress. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like kind of like, oh, because she's so pretty, how does she even end up in you know, end up having an, <laughs> a drug right. addiction? Like, you know, because people, like you said, they assume that when you look a certain way that you don't deal with certain issues like self-love and you know self-worth and having the same feelings so um 
that goes back to having those conversations with people though and not absolutely and i think it makes me think about also um, with women and their looks i feel like oftentimes when women black women are beautiful and they are asking for help we tend not to believe them if they're beautiful depending on what happened the perfect example i think is like when megan the stallion got shot like it was like some people didn't believe her and I think it be partially because of what mm-hmm. she looks like, right? And like, oh, like, why? How? How could mm-hmm. that even happen to a pretty girl? It's just like, well, it did, and she's telling you it happened. I mean, we we see it time and time again. We see it with Breonna Taylor. We saw it with Sandra Bland. And I think as it's Black History Month, it's more important than ever that we definitely protect Black women, all Black women, all sizes, all shapes no matter how they dress and how they present themselves to the world, again, they're presenting themselves to the world for them and they matter. And I think that that's such an important do better Mm -hmm. is protect black women at all costs, period. And that's on what? (laughs) Mary had a little one. This is the end of the episode. Thank you so much. It's been so cool to talk with you about this. And before we go, I wanted you to tell the people where they could find you on social, where they could find your website and check out Emmy Elizabeth or your blog. Sure. Um, So I, I have, I have a couple of pages, you guys. So I have my main page, which is O snap it's Ash. And that's O H S N A P I T S. I'm sorry. Yeah. I T S A S H. Um, Oh snap. It's Ash. On that page, there's a link to my blog, which is www.osnapitsash.com. Um, I also have a page for Emmy Elizabeth, my accessory shop, and that page is Emmy, and that's E M M I E. Another E in the words, the word style. Um, so that's M-E-E style. And on that page, there is a link for the site, which is www.me. Yeah, make sure you guys go and support if you're looking for some cool accessories. And I am proud to say that I am basically the main photographer for Emmy Elizabeth and some of the photos you'll see on Ash's blog. Yes. And don't worry if you didn't hear Ash's um, spelling. I will have all of her social profiles and websites down in the description box for the show notes for tonight's episode. So Ash, I hope you have a good night and I look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to the What I Did Wrong podcast. Be sure to follow the show over on Instagram at What I Did Wrong Podcast. There are new episodes bi weekly on Wednesdays. Until next time, remember that mistakes do not define you and regret was meant to refine you. I'm your host, Lonnie Was the Third, leaving you in love, peace, and style.